Welcome to the Between the Ears podcast. This week we have Carl Stedman on the show. Um, if there was ever a CrossFit OG, um, especially in Europe, Carl Stedman is it. Carl discovered CrossFit in 2003, 20 years ago, and was immediately drawn to its counterculture alternative approach, not just to fitness, but more importantly, to a career path within fitness. Uh, in many ways that still exists today with saying, look, you have to go here, you have to do you know, this course, this university, this degree, if you want to teach somebody how to you know, reclaim freedom in their health through movement. Um, Carl was always a counterculture, kind of against the grain guy, and that didn't sit well with him. So with curiosity and novelty really driving his pursuits, he dedicated his professional life to sharing the impacts of CrossFit with others. He dove in in 2003, well before it was cool, or as he says, like really anybody knew what they were doing, um, but has since climbed the ranks to be a CrossFit Flowmaster, where he's probably most famously known for. Uh, he's, he's shared and worked and delivered over 400 CrossFit seminars. Uh, he's an affiliate owner. He's the UK affiliate liaison uh, for, to, and with CrossFit HQ. And just a wealth of knowledge. Uh, talk about somebody who's been around since the beginning and seen many things and experienced many uh, ups and downs throughout the space. Um, Carl's a, a wealth of knowledge and, and an all-around good lad. Um, in this episode, we hear about his experience with the dose. Of course, this is a common thread line through our podcasts. We, we dose and we share what we do with people. Um, and really it's a cool thing to hear, you know, it's a cool thing to hear someone who has been doing this for this long, still learning. Um, I don't know about you, but that certainly inspires us. We also talk about his relationship to doing hard things, how that's, um, changed and what it provides and how he navigates fitness today with over 20 years of, cro of, uh, CrossFit under his belt, you know, Carl continues to evolve and he continues to get better. And he shares what getting better looks like for him. And um, his answer is truly inspirational. And it, it, it hit home for us. It was a beautiful reminder and um, a beautiful invitation. And it really echoed the sentiment of between the ears that we believe everybody is a student and everybody is a teacher. This episode is full of gold. There's gold in these hills. We hope you share. We hope you enjoy. And without further ado... Here's the show. Cheers, you actually look really like alive and well for having done that workout. So I'm impressed. It was about two hours ago, but I'm still coughing my third lung up that I grew during the, during the workout. <laughs> yeah. I, when I did it the last time, the final time, one of the, a parent of a client that we've been training came in to like say hello and introduce himself. Father. Un unscheduled visit. Unscheduled visit. And like, 
11 minutes into talking with him, I was like, excuse me, sir. I just <laughs> really need to just drink some water. <laughs> like, I'm struggling. just watching this happen. I'm like, he's this like, is great. Uh, okay. I'm like, <laughs> I just, just the lack of saliva and oxygen in my system right now is an indicator of only my yeah. fitness, not my sanity, but maybe they are connected. Yeah, you do wonder about what people think, eh? Because we've got people up the back of the house and they're doing like planting of trees and stuff, whole new forest kind of thing being up there. And they go, all they can hear is just like crazy music loud in a barn in the middle of nowhere. And then I come running out immediately afterwards and just start dry heaving in the corner. <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah, I guess I guess that was a bit daft. But, you know, just sort of wave them, wave in the distance so they know I'm not dying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a similar scenario in our um on our street but i think at this point they just we we you know we started cold plunging and we don't have a very large backyard and where the cold plunge is there's like a house right there and then our neighbor's house and one day bill was just like in this ice bucket and our neighbor goes with her coat to walk the dogs and she just like looks up and bill's like hello just you know nothing to see so yeah. Just over here yeah. in the corner, hyperventilating, you know, just good. <laughs> totally yeah. fine. Yeah, it's the middle of January. No worries. We're, <laughs> we're normal. Yeah. So Carl Stedman is our guest today. Um, Carl, and we'll get into all the, what we're talking about and obviously the workout in a bit, but uh, we've known each other for some time. I don't know how long. I don't really remember. I've worked a couple of, I've been honored to be, I was like a, I was like an adopted child on the UK Euro team for a little bit, doing some gigs in Norway. Um, That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Centrum. I remember that. Yes. Those were like the, some of the, uh, the original days. But um, yeah, tell us a little bit about like who you are these days, what you're, what you're doing and yeah, what, how we know you kind of. The backstory. Gotcha. Um, thanks for having me, by the way, mate. Um, so I have no idea what I'm doing most days. I won't lie to you. But um, <laughs> currently, uh, sat at, sat at home in Scotland. But uh, my general role, I guess, what most people know me for, is working for CrossFit for a, for a while for headquarters on the seminar staff. Um, been an affiliate owner since 2006. Been doing CrossFit since about I think 03 was my first kind of workouts. Um, badly. War of Attrition, survived those, thankfully, came out the other side of it. Um, yeah, now I work for on a seminar staff um, on that provision, level ones, level twos, and just recently went through sort of the level four rating um, right, right. internship as well, which was super cool. Um, and yeah, I work for, for them on the affiliate side as well. So I've been for about the last two, two years being a bit of an advocate representative for the uh, UK and Irish affiliates. So technically working for CrossFit, but I feel like it's the other way around, really, right? representing the affiliates and and mm -hmm. um, advocating for them to, to CrossFit in the US. So, yeah, that's about me, really. Uh, what else do you want to know, mate? I could gob off for about another half an hour here, but any details you want? Three. Yes, sir. Anyone who starts, who anyone who's like an early adopter, uh, doing it before it's cool kind of situation always like is <clears throat> not only has, I think our respect, but also is interesting. It has 
a story and uh, like how did you get involved story that's always so fascinating so in 2003 you know 20 years of crossfit now for you Jeez. how <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm old how did you how did you get involved in it um you know, I think, I mean, firstly, I didn't find it. I'm not smart enough to do the research and things. I normally piggyback off of much smarter people, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants kind of vibe. But um, I think I was really, really disillusioned with fitness as a as an entity. It's it, what I'd chosen to go into, kind of buck the trend of, you know, everybody who's saying, hey, you need to go to university, go do the job kind of vibe. And I was like, nah. And I mean, I'd always been attracted to the counterculture of everything right always liked motorcycles always liked heavy metal always liked tattoos so it was it was very much the a vibe I identified even before I came across CrossFit and I was in the regular fitness world since I was 19 so you know I'd done most of the facets of fitness at that time um, and I hated them all you know like it, it was the epitome of false motivation is better than no motivation in all of those environments yeah. right you know like you just yeah trying to be positive but everybody hated it nobody was ever getting results you know you rinse, rinse and repeated the same workouts and it just it seemed weird so I kept changing the areas I went into right so I started off in local authority gyms um then I went to sort of private clubs then I went into sort of corporate clubs after that just trying to find um I don't know something that I thought where I'd belong if I'm honest and I didn't in any of them um and so luckily a a buddy of mine who was a, was a bit of a, an eclectic dude. He was a, a, a personal trainer alongside me, but he was also like, um, come from a Greco-Roman wrestling background. So he's very much just kind of like into, you know, he had club bells and kettlebells and stuff like this that I'd never seen before. And he, he trained a lot with sandbags and, and things. So um, we just used to play around training with each other because my background was not from any of that, right? So I'd expose him to a little bit of the things that I did and I'd laugh a lot, right? Because it would absolutely devastate him and vice versa. Then he'd go, all right, then, well, we'll do some defense drills in terms of grappling. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that doesn't sound too hard. And then about 90 seconds later, I'm, my world is ending and I realized that, yeah. you know, traditional, I didn't have fitness in that realm. And um, so we were just playing around with that for a while, you know, bored with traditional gym training so we just meet in his garage on a weekend and just like smash ourselves with random stuff and have fun and then he said oh actually you know you should check out these guys in the u.s they're doing what we're trying to do really well and um that was that was crossfit so um i spent like logged on i think i did my traditional i think i happened across a five by five back squat day and um and i, I remember doing the traditional of like where's the workout kind of vibe right, right, you know, like, right. what is it um, and then lurked a lot and they had the message board at that time. Right. So you kind yeah, of yeah. Like, would post up and like lots of things like that. And I just sort of started to understand and try to dig into a bit of the ethos that sat behind it as well. And I really liked what was going on there. They seemed like the counterculture of fitness. So that attracted yeah, yeah. me too. Right. So the, the culture and the ethos that sat behind it attracted me. And then when I did the yeah. workouts, they were tough. So I, I kind of so had multiple things. At that time, the message boards and like the random things that would be posted on the rest day, like I th I, you kind of forget about that, I think. Um, and that went on for kind of a long time. That was well into the thir 12, 13 time frame. Um, now I think it's like, I mean, I think it's still strange, but did that strike you as odd? Like, why is this political article or like, 
there were some like tangential things that had nothing to do with fitness, but it, I think it sort of was also spoke to the type of person that might be interested in that fitness. Like what was your experience of that stuff? Well, I think, yeah, I definitely do. I mean, there, it was just sort of an acceptance straight out of the gate because I think when I was reading the articles and, and, you know, you, you had the, the free PDF and the articles like what is fitness and things that, that were written by Greg and things like that. A lot of the language that was used, you know, instinctively you went, someone smart wrote this, if I'm honest, you know, like, yeah, well, right, this right. is definitely punching it above a yeah. level of just like your traditional <laughs> education. So I just thought that went hand in hand, you know, smart people talk about smart things that I might not necessarily understand. And so therefore, when I, when I saw these things, um, it wasn't anything that sort of swayed me either way. It was just an acceptance mm. straight out the gate, I think, where I'm like, well, you know, smart people talk about smart things that make you ask questions and make you question yourself, yeah. right. your views and all of that kind of stuff. So I could yeah. see it in the training world. And then when I saw it on maybe the political realm too, I was like, well, I guess they're just poking poking the the standard consensus there too. And um, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't really a thing that impacted me personally, realistically. Right, right. A lot of it, I guess, was biased towards the US anyway, understandably. So it wasn't sure. something that made me question much, really. It was just a, an acceptance out the gate, really. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of cool. that, And that's sort of one of the things we've talked about, like going kind of back to that grassroots. I think you said it well like it was it's a curiosity it's like encouraging people to be curious and at the time I think that's where CrossFit started from like if you aren't curious then you're not going to be interested mm -hmm. in this program or or exploring anything that's not already known and mm -hmm. you know not to say like we've lost some of that but that was really what I think when you talk to people who have been doing it for a long time like the prerequisite was curiosity mm -hmm. and yep dipping your toe in water that like, I don't know how this is going to go. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. That, that, that was always, you know, the, the ability to critically think and, you know, honestly speaking, learning more about CrossFit, learning more about that world turned what I thought I knew on its head. And so I took that in, in every factor that I did moving forwards. Right. So in learning what I thought was, you know, gospel truths when it comes to training and fitness then I just kind of took that forwards into many factors of my life, right? Where it's just like, well, maybe I'm not just going to take you at face value. Maybe I'm going to dig a little mm -hmm. deeper there and, and come up with my own opinion. So I'm pretty grateful for that, right? It stopped me, stopped me from just being the <laughs> so blindly trusting sometimes, which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's in, it's cool to hear that the you know counterculture uh, roots were there, and CrossFit provided a home. And I think, you know, for those who are against the grain, kind of like, if everybody's going to go left, I'm going to go right kind of deal. Um, but in that, in that sort of, there's belonging, there's belonging among a bunch of people who feel like they might not belong to what the traditional sort of, here, everybody gather. It's like, nah, not really. Like, <laughs> yep. th th that's cool. Yeah, I think that was, the, you nailed that spot on. That was exactly me, you know, like, a, this is the route that you should take. I'd be like, mm, nah, I'm going to do that just because. I have no idea why. Maybe I was wired stupid, but I would always be like, you know, whatever the whatever the traditional way to go was, I was like, I don't know. And I just trusted my gut, I think, a lot of the time. It's got me so far and I'm not dead yet, so I'm going to keep rolling. But 
if it, you know the traditional way of living and things i was like i don't want to go and work in an office and i want to do the nine to five i don't want to do mm-hmm. what's expected i want to do what i think feels right and um you just sort of stuck to doing that which was helpful i guess <laughs> hasn't put me wrong so far what got you in, you said some of your background when you were um training with your buddy what was your background sport you know what was prior yeah. to yeah, I mean, realistically, and, and it's it's it always seems weird when I, I'm talking to obviously you two characters and my peer group as well. Like they all had like pretty good, like high end backgrounds, you know, whether it's going to be sport in excellence, whether it's going to be like tier one military. I am absolutely Johnny Average. Like I was quite literally just squad player in teams, you know, probably like flirting with the bench, um, you know, all of these kind of things. It's just yeah, I was a mediocre to average runner. I seem to have like some natural aptitude there. So any sport that had me being able to utilize some pace and some engine, I was okay at. So that was normally like wing in either rugby or, or football. Sorry, soccer, but it's still football. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or um, you know, like running outright as well. I seem to have an aptitude for any kind of running, really. I could sprint, I could go medium and I could go long pretty well. So, you know, I used to run 400s pretty well uh, with minimal training could go and run a marathon and stuff so it was i just had these weird an ability to run there but it wasn't exactly like you know world breaking or top tier team in anything really i'm um i'm the epitome of just a regular dude if i'm honest don't come from a genetic yeah. <laughs> gifted background or anything like that just a just joe average mate so so yeah flirted with many sports but a bit of an aptitude for running um and that was about it really yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love hearing that because, you know, especially, I don't know how it is over in the UK, but in the States, you know, there's this, there's this obsession with specialization, with having the kids be in the highest levels, club academies, you know, from the ages of five. And, you know, we can get into the whole cultural influence on that, but I think you know, one of the, it's almost like success puts on blinders at that age to almost reinforce and reconfirm what you think you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just like dabbling and, and, and doing different things and you have to pay attention of, all right, like I've got to work a little bit hard. I got to do different things. Nothing's like, you know, maybe naturally gifted there. I think maybe in that, sows the seeds of curiosity and exploration rather than, oh, this is the one thing that like, this is like my track that let's be honest at five, you're not selecting your track. Someone's putting you on it. Correct, um, yeah. And so now to see, you know, fast forward to, to now to see, you know, how, where you kind of have come to and being a you know, flow master and representing the affiliates and working for CrossFit and all of that to be, to have somebody in a position of significant influence who understands like the average person, I Which think is that's far more that's... common. I mean, it's cool that that is cool that CrossFit has, you know, and, and had at its roots like elite military, but but far more applicable is yeah. everybody else yeah. that you know. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm... so yeah, I mean, I didn't have any. I was I was not a athlete. I was like a fitness person, and kind of to your point, like. It was just like, wow, this is really, this actually makes sense and this is interesting and I'm kind of not buying the other shit that they're selling and, but I didn't have any background. But I think that's also what, um, 
you know, there's a difference in some of the elite people have a harder time approaching fitness just for the sake of fitness. Like, yeah. like Bill, some of his thing is like, well, what's the point of training? And for me, it's like, what do you mean with the, what's the point? Like to stay fit and healthy, like that's been the whole point the whole time. And like, I never was training for some higher purpose. Um, but yeah, you did though recently, didn't you do some 40, 50 miler, hundred mile? What was that? And I feel yeah. like all of a sudden you just like went out and ran the hills of Scotland or something. Like, did, did you even train? Yeah, yeah I, I guess it's, yeah, there was, um, even though I never really sort of achieved a lot sort of sporting excellence wise, I guess, I guess to, to your point originally, the irony is the flip side of that is that's how you breed champions, right? Is you recognize talent and you, and you, you squeeze it to optimize that individual. But yeah, alongside you are going to probably create some weirdos as well as heroes. Right. So I totally get that. But, but I think for me, I've always been driven by doing a challenge though. Right. And that's, that's where that comes to your point. Kay was like, you know, I've got, I want to go and do stuff that makes me feel uncomfortable because I know that there's, um, there's merit in there for me as a human, even if I'm not the the most athletically talented, I want to, that's the reason why I wanted to go do a marathon yeah. as an example. Cause I'm like, can I, and what, yeah. what do I do when it gets really miserable? Cause I'm not expecting to breeze this, you know, I don't just have that gift to be able to just make it easy. I'm like, what, what do I do? Cause when I looked at inspirational and aspira aspirational folk, like whether it's, top tier military or top tier um, sport in whatever it was, I was like, yeah, they just seem to have something that someone like me doesn't have, like something that I, d I don't know. That was my in impression anyway. So I wanted to challenge myself in as many of those uncomfortable situations just to see mm. what I had. And so a lot of those elements of like doing that ultra marathon was like, well, I've run a marathon and that was misery and it nearly broke me. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, so, so I'm like, well, what you else? Know? Yeah, exactly. There are some savages out there that run like more than a marathon. So I'm like, well, maybe I should have a little dabble in that thing as well. You know, like, I don't know, maybe I've got some self abuse issues or something, but I'm like, I was like, I want to go and I want to go and give it a little go. And it was a good excuse to get out and, and run in this fantastic environment. I'm a big one for accountability mm -hmm. and I need it as much as any other human, right? So because mm -hmm. I had to train for this thing, um, it was a great excuse to get out with a dog into our, our wonderful surroundings and just go run um, a lot in the hills. So, so yeah, it was, and at the time, um, it was a good reason to get together with another two lads when we'd all been stuck in our homes for a little bit over here, right, due to the reaction to right, the pandemic right. and stuff. So it was a good, it was a good reason to get out and yeah. mental space too. I use it like meditation when I go running, if I'm honest. I wouldn't yeah. be able to tell you yeah. how far I've run or how hard I've run. I'm, I'm off somewhere else. So, so I think it was a multifactorial why I wanted to do it, really. Mm, yeah. It's almost like it makes sense naturally, and then we search for an explanation for why it makes sense, like what's happening. But for you, yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's like escape, you yeah. know, like get out of the house, get away from the pressures of everything, turn the computer off, you know. I love the wife and kids, yeah. but every now and again, you need five minutes, you feel me? And then, uh, and then you uh, you go out and do the stuff, and it was it was just good. And I, I mean, now I wouldn't be able to tell you about a single detail of anything I thought about when I was out running for a couple of hours, but yeah. it was right. still needed. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of I don't know how you feel now. I mean, I spent a lot of time training. I did one Ironman, sort of similar. Like Damn. I didn't have any of these 
accolades or saying I like, you know, compared to someone like Bill who could tell stories of training situations where I'm like, I, I don't know if I could do that. Um, but yeah, just like, I wonder what that's going to feel like. And you hope, obviously there's some challenge in it. If there's no challenge in it, then the whole th exercise was somewhat not pointless, but like, okay, it's cool to do something fast and like be a professional at it. But the, the best moments were like the ones where you're like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And then some, you know, you finish, um, but hours and hours and hours of training. I mean, it was whatever, 15 hours a week, which was a lot. And now I think back on that and I'm like, how did I even do Like what? Yeah. Like what was I thinking about? Like all that time, but it was really, it is something special. To, and I think often people don't have the patience or the ability to say like, and same thing, like, I don't even know where I'd find those 15 hours now, but I did. And yeah. it was, um, yeah, it was an awesome experience. I don't know that I need to do it again, um, but <laughs> exactly me it either. was me like either. a learning. It was just, it was, you have that and you have that experience now with you forever. Yeah, isn't um, it mad though? Yeah. I think that's the separator. You've got like, you know, like, I mean, we could go off down a rabbit hole here, I guess, but you've got like it seemingly from my perspective, most of society seems to be going towards like, let me just keep chasing something that makes things easier. You know, like, whatever that might look like, you know, mentally, physically, mm -hmm. you know, societally, whatever. And it's like, I don't know, there's, there's certain elements of that are like, ah, and we go exactly the other way. It's like, how do I, you know, how do I make today tougher? You know, or like, how do I make this thing harder? But not, not just because we've got some weird way of, we want to like thrash ourselves because we're, we're not happy with ourselves. It's just because we know that there's, I don't know, there's merit in there. There's merit in that struggle. You know, it's going to make, you a little bit more resilient. It's going to make you, you know, definitely physically tougher, but probably more importantly, mentally tougher, you know, which I think is, which is huge. I think this style of training makes you mentally tougher full stop. You know, I think, um, you know, that, that just overcoming your own, well, it is bullshit every day, um, you know, because it would be so easy to believe your own bullshit of like, I don't need to train today because I did yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas yeah. I think, I think we all understand that there's like, you start with zero every day, right? You know, like mm -mm. today you start with zero and you've got to earn everything this evening, right? You got to earn your beer by doing something. You got to earn your whatever, you know, so rebuild it again. You're only as good as the last time you do the thing. You're like, don't sit on entitlement and stuff like that. But I do think it takes a unique group of individuals to understand that concept. And mm -hmm. that's actually pretty rare, <laughs> realistically, in, in the rest of the world. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, of course, there's like the physical, you know, how do I make this tougher physically? And it, it, I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to figure out, you know, well, you go heavier, you go faster, you go more complex. But it is an interesting challenge to solve or question perhaps to ask of like, how do you make this more difficult mentally? Yep. How do you physiologically, you know, yes, like hey, you just did that mile, like do it with a weight vest on or do it up a hill or do it, you know, whatever, without shoes, with shoes, it doesn't matter. How do we make this more challenging and more def difficult to overcome, to experience those doubts psychologically? Yep. And that's kind of where we can use, I think, fitness as a way of sometimes for some, like we programmed a workout one time for folks that, um, well, it was 999 calories on the Echo Bike. 
and the intention of the workout wasn't to do it as fast as possible. That's a different workout. That's a different workout. Mm-hmm. This one was kind of do it slower because we are, you know, diving into this concept and this mindset of being patient and, and, and how do we develop patience physically, not just write down on paper or say, don't do something, but like active patience. And, you know, I think that's where, when we look at people's intentions and experiences and, okay, how are you approaching this workout and how can we make it difficult? How can we dial up that, that psychological difficulty? Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of, yeah. I mean, in that workout, similar to probably a lot of running hurdles, like you're not, when you're running long and generally slow or that workout took me two hours and 28 minutes on the echo bike and it was excruciating in my mind. There was nothing like, it wasn't like, Oh my God, I, it's not like doing a, a back squat to failure. We're like, okay, I cannot do another squat. Like I can't get back up. There was nothing wrong. Like I could turn the pedals. I could move my arms. You don't even have to use your arms. It was just mentally like, like, this is just, this is so, it would be so much easier to sprint, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But what's funny is, and this is kind of a good segue into the workout you did. You take those two workouts, two very, same bike, two very different applications on different ends. Like, your maximum intensity where you don't even know what's happening in your mind. And then mm-hmm. the most minimal intensity, but you're on there for It's like, well, what? okay, which is worse well, or which is better or which is more effective? It's like, well, both, they're, but they're different. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things that we appreciate about some of this stuff to go back to like the curiosity, like, and I think we talked about it on a call, like it, it can be a trap or easy when you're, you've been doing this a long time to kind of just check a box or go do the thing. And like, yeah, you got out of breath, you got your legs hurt, whatever it was. Um, but needing that like refuel of curiosity, like what, okay, what else, mm-hmm. what else can we add to this? Um, which is kind we, of what yeah, exactly. the goal is. You made me think that's the, that's the good thing, right? For a start, you know, I, you know, I appreciate that most of the time. I like to live in this kind of area where I don't think, which is kind of nice, you know, mm-hmm. makes my life a little less comfortable, but, um, but yeah, generally speaking, I think like when I had to nail it on, like if I looked at those two examples you gave, right, the workout that I did today and the 999 calories, I'm like one of those scares me and the other one doesn't. And so therefore, mm. uh, I think that's going to be different on the individual, right? And I think it's the same with CrossFit as well. From the outside looking in, just the program scary. So any workout you do and overcoming that fear of it is going to be developmental and beneficial for you, right? Whereas mm-hmm. for characters like us that have been in it for a long time, you know, there are certain ones that scare you, but generally speaking, you're like, no, nah, I'm going to be good here, you know, because I'm, I'm smart enough, I'm gnarly enough to have figured out a way of making sure. it not too scary or surviving. So for an example, yeah, right, exactly. if there was something that had running in it, I'd be like, oh, I'm not too scared about today's because I know I'm going to do well, you know, however you define well, but I know I'm going to do well here. It's not going to hit me as hard. I'm going to get a good score on the board. I'm all good. If it's a workout where I don't have anywhere to hide and I can't rely on that ability to, you know, move myself through space, let's just say stay in one place and move a barbell as an example, that scares the shit out of me. And so therefore I'm like, right, there's probably more benefit for my fitness physically and psychologically in being in that hole. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can see how like that 
the the 900 odd calories i'm like yeah that'd be shit but i'm not scared of it so i'm fully right, aware right, that it right, would right. be because you've been there and you've done that yeah exactly but the yeah. the one that i did today like when you sent that through I was actually pretty grumpy about it. I'm not going to lie to you, right? But that's not because of what you've done, right? It was just because, well, now shit, I've got to do it. And I really don't want to because that looks horrible. I see exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to go absolutely off of a cliff. And now I'm annoyed because I have to do it. But I appreciated it because it was like, right, I've got to do this thing. But that's what I mean. It scared me much like, you know, back in the day, you'd log on. You'd see a workout that oh, yeah, yeah. would be terrible in the morning. And then you'd be thinking about it all day because you'd just be like, I know this is going to be utterly shite. And that that feeling, which you've nailed, you kind of lose over time in CrossFit, I think, because yeah. you just sort mm-hmm. of, you figure out ways to survive and still do well. You know, like well yeah. as in, yeah. I still lift a, an okay load or I still, sure. I, do, I do enough to be the gray man in any workout, right? I'm not the worst, I'm not the yeah. best, but I land right in the middle, therefore... No one's looking, so I'm good. You know, I can deal with my own bullshit and tell myself that I did well that day. Whereas I think the ones where you're scared, yeah, those are the ones where you're like, I've got to develop some, I don't know, processes or some better mental faculties out the other end of it. And so it's always more developmental to do the thing you're scared of, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting too for people, and I don't know what how you follow, I mean, because you obviously work out mostly at home, mm-hmm. but you know, we kind of are in charge of our own programming. And there's, you know, we have a gym that people do something on each day that's like what they need. So somebody might need strength one day, someone might need a CrossFit workout one day. Um, and there's value to finding the right thing for you, but there's also sometimes value. And, and so having, we talk about agency, like the agency to pick what is the best fit for you. But then, you know, Bill has like a great line. There's like a very fine line between like enabling and empowering people. And you can be super manipulative with yourself to be like, okay, is this that I don't want to do this? Or is this like, I shouldn't do this. And so having something once a week or whatever, where you're like, I really don't want to fucking do this, but I'm going to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we did, so the workout that, you know, you did or the people listening was the fire plunge, which we started um, cold plunging in January. And so we would be in the cold plunge for like two or three minutes. And, you know, it was the first 30 seconds to a minute is definitely not pleasant. Yep. And at the same time, we did this workout, which Bill started with the idea of doing getting to your body weight. So that would be 10 rounds. And quickly we realized like, okay, that's not fucking happening. Nope. Negative. I'd still be going. And the second round, I just started saying like, I can't, I can't, I wasn't even, I had done one, one round. Yep. Minute two. I'm like, I can't, I can't. But I was like, just keep fucking trying. And all I could think about was like, this is so much worse than a cold, like a cold plunge. Like this is hey, so birth to name. Yeah. That was, that was where fire plunge came from. Um, like it's but like so gone bad origins. <laughs> you what? Like fight gone bad origins. Right. How did that feel? Yeah. Fight, fight gone bad. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. um, so that workout for you, obviously it's every minute on the minute, 10% of your body weight and calories. And when you don't hit it, you kind of take a minute off and you get back to it. And, 
Yeah, so how'd it go? How was that experience for you? What, what yeah, happened? It was for rough. You? I mean, immediately, normally, when I see things that are like, you know, based off of body weight and stuff like that, normally I'm doing a little bit of a happy dance because I'm not the biggest dude. So I'm like, you know, oh, this is, you know, percentage of body weight stuff or whatever. I'm like, yeah, this is good. I mean, apart from Linda, that workout's a shit show. But um, <laughs> the, yeah, it started off and I was like, right, this is going to be terrible. So, you know, I just thought, you know, full full immersion absolutely annihilate and go hard as you can in the first first minute there we go so there we go hit that thing well um immediately then regretted that because then saw the second minute kick in and i was like right just hang on got the got two got two minutes in and you know hit the hit the numbers but then i knew i knew i was fucked at that point i'm like uh oh yeah the third minute kicked in (laughs) And then it was like, you know, trying to spin that sucker up, you know, feeling feeling the pressure come off and then being like, no, you turd, get after it. And get, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> really undulating pace, but just trying to get back in the fight. Missed it on the third one. Because uh, of the, you know, the the protocol, if you get the extra minute into the next minute, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that got me enough recovery to be able to hit the fourth one. Um, got that in. Um, fifth one missed. Nice. And then... Um, yeah. Then I think the last one, I think because of the way it worked out, I only had to get like two calories. So that was fine. Just blasted those and then fell off the bike and drive <laughs> outside for a while. So, so yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty minimal in terms of time frame, but maximal in terms of um, pain and effect. But, uh, but yeah, it was good. It was great. I just tried to, tried to hang on. And I think it's a great one for you not accepting you slow down, you know, so easy to sometimes just go into cruise control a little bit and just tick the calories off or, or if you're running, you know, just ease the pace off and just be, oh, I'm out enjoying myself. And you have to remind yourself to push. You have to stay present. And that was definitely one for those. I had to work hard yeah. to get them. During, I mean, obviously in the replay, you can kind of think, but during, were you aware of any, like, thinking, any, what was your state? What was the sort of, if if, if you could project a movie screen or a, a, a movie sort of scene, what would that, do you recall anything? Yeah, panic. Like panic, just yeah. panic, man. Like it was just, you know, like just that feeling. It was initially panic, but then familiarity, I think, was would be the hugest thing. I wouldn't say like a, I wouldn't, it'd have to give me a while to think of like a movie scene, but there was definitely sort of like, this is really tough, really hard, panic rose. And then there was like, yeah, but you know what this feels like. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're good here. You know what it's like, you know, I think it's, very similar feeling in a short time frame, obviously, but to when you've had a period of time off of high intensity and you're actually afraid of it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of like you're afraid of anything that like gets you into that place again. And all it takes you is one or two workouts of being there again before you're like, oh, I'm good with this. Right. I know this feeling. And right. I'm not going to die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Realistically, that's <laughs> I think that's where the panic came from. It's like, oh, my God, I think I'm going to quite literally like have a heart attack here. Um, but... <laughs> But then you you just sort of go, no, nah, you, you know this, mate. So you crack on. So I think it was, yeah, massive rise in panic, then familiarity, yeah. and then just, you know, misery, but in a good way. You know, the misery I like, which yeah. is challenge. So so I think it, and then it was just yeah. survival, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's so much, like, you can't, like, panic has a physiology to it, you know, and, and, and I think for people who, yeah, we generally don't want to like be in chronically induced states of panic. But if we're intentionally stepping into them, we're able to kind of associate, all right, this physiologically and psychologically 
excruciating experience, but then almost because it sounds like when I hear you say it, it's almost like you naturally and effortlessly, even though you were putting out max effort, went to this, but I've been here before. Like, yeah. I know this. Like, like I'm, I'm okay. okay. Yeah. I can... I can continue to be in this rather than almost feeding into the panic and, and trying to escape, which just yeah. makes the panic worse because then you're writhing around in the pain. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I think there's been plenty of workouts where I've had to frame it that way as well. And so I guess it's training too, right? But just psychological training where I'm just like, you know, I've had to switch my mindset from like, I hate this to, oh, actually, no, I fucking love this. Like, that's why you do this. You actually love this and you know you do. So I think there's a lot of, you know, I've done it so many times where it sounds stupid, but, you know, collapsed on the floor after a workout and you just scream out, I fucking love this shit, you know, like, and everyone's like, you nutcase. But I uh, know it's just, you just have to switch sometimes. You can think all you want, but like, I don't know, in my mind, if it comes out of here, then it becomes true. You know, you can, all of this stuff up here is all, it's all bollocks, right, in terms of what you have to deal with. But as soon as it comes out there, I don't know why. That seems to be my buffer of, like, now it's real. Right. So I just have to try and almost will it into existence sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's What do you think for you, because you've been doing this for 20 years and in the fitness industry, you know, beforehand, and your whole life has essentially been exploring movement and, you know, the transformative flavor of it. Mm-hmm. And yet still you find those moments of like, fuck, I don't want to do this. I hate this. Thank you. Like, what do you think it is that pushes you onto that track? Then that requires you, which is a great thing. It's a great skill to have, obviously, to be like, no, actually, I like it. What do you, why do you think you get we, but you get pushed sometimes to like, whatever, I hate this. I, I don't want to do this. I think it's just, you know, I'm, I'm human and we're, we're built to almost chase ease as much as discomfort equally depending on like psychological state. And, you know, I think you look at the rest of the world and you can definitely see that people have listened to that more than the, the push themselves. And I think just looking at humanity, you then tend to see we've got this wonderful kind of like spectrum of age, haven't we, or experience. And like, you can totally see what's going to happen if you don't do it. So you've got like a pretty powerful incentive of like, well, I can see the older generations that aren't exactly inspirational as a general rule, you know, like I don't really want to go in the old folks home. I don't want to be mm-hmm. eaten in such a way that I'm a turd. And then therefore, you know, like I lose my mind as well. Like dementia is like one of the biggest killers that we get over here as well. And that's what yeah. my grandmother went from. And you're like, dude, I don't want to be around that scenario anymore. And if I think there's a relationship between keeping physically active and maybe eating less like a turd, I'm all in because I don't want I don't want that in my life again. That was pretty miserable. So I think there's just you can kind of see what the future is if you don't, which I think is a very helpful motivator. But again, you can be a bit ignorant to that too, right? Willful ignorance almost, where you can be like, la 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 la, it won't happen to me kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, is a bit daft and naive, really, I think, because we're all kind of built the same way and seem to react. To, to certain stimulus in the same way so mm. I think for me it was that was the powerful indicator for me it's like yeah you've always got that reminder of you know, times in the past where you know we've all got I guess famil- familial stuff right where you'll just be like hey I'm not going to do this because I saw the damage it did to xyz when I was a kid or a teenager or an adult or whatever so you know I might leave that alone 
or you know had it impact a friend at some point in the life so yeah i might leave that alone as well or whatever it may be i think we've all got those things that perhaps work as a motivator and i know that's definitely my case right so you know alcoholic sort of tendencies in the past and i've got that demon too and so therefore you're like well try and manage that as best you can rather than fully embracing it or you know if you do seem to have tendencies in the family to go down certain lines then you're like ah yeah, I can kind of see what the end result is. So I'd probably say that's a very powerful motivator um, if you're willing to see it. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, it's amazing how these are doses of just human experience shared mm -hmm. among, yeah. you know, yeah. talk about, like wherever you come from, insert any fucking label that you want to after that. But like, yeah, nobody escapes being human but in our society and cultures right now, that's almost what's trying to be done, escaping being human. Don't feel the pain, don't work hard, don't like, yeah. Movement as yeah. a universal language. Yeah, oh yeah, it, totally, yeah, um, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think you've got, like, life's for experiencing. That's why I'm always beasting the kids about being on the phone the whole time, you know? It's like, get off your damn phone, you know? Or I'll whack it. Um, obviously this isn't being recorded and going out to the wider world. So I'm sure you not whack my kids around. It's a different, it's, it means a different thing in like the UK. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, Correct. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know, motivational consequences, but yeah, you know, it's like, but it's true. That's why I think we moved out of like in a, in a city where you're inundated with too much. So you end up having these kind of like mechanisms built in where you do get numb to everything. You know, you don't, there's so many people, so you don't have any interactions with any people because it's just too much to take on board. You know, you're overstimulated. So therefore you don't actually react to any stimulus. Everything just becomes like super numb. And as soon as you sort of start taking a, a step back from that, then things get cooler. You know, you get to look outside where we live now and it's like, I appreciate the fact that it's really quite green right now. I don't remember the last time I did weird shit like that. So I think there's there's definitely an element of when you're overstimulated with something too much, you probably get a bit numb to it, just like any human process, right? Mm -hmm. Too much stimulus, get resistance. I need more of it to get a to get um a response, I guess. Yeah. 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 Have you seen, because you've been doing the level one, like, have you seen any change in who's coming? Like, just curious from a, like, have you seen a change in the people in the last, I don't know, even like more 10 years? Because obviously pre, the first 10 years, I think it's kind of phase one and <laughs> we're in like phase two or whatever. But like, what's that experience been like with participants and that community? I mean, yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I mean, I worked a level one just gone. I was um, in Leeds this weekend, and it was it was brilliant. You're, you're starting to see more and more regular folk on them, less and less um, professional trainers, less and less, um, you know, absolute abject fire breathers. They'll still be there. Don't get me wrong. You know, like you'll still have those. But you're, you know, this weekend there was a really lovely lady on there who was in her sixties, you know, and she turned up and she was shit scared because she thought that she was going to be the worst performer there that, you know, like, you know, everybody comes in with their, their yeah. preconceptions. Yeah. I get that. Um, and yeah, we worked really hard just to kind of show like, no, this is just regular folk. And, and it really, you could see the development and the, the confidence grow across those two days, which I think was awesome to see. So you, you always do get a bit of a mix. I, I guess we always do a bit of a litmus test in terms of like, Hey, who's, who's here to be a trainer at the end of it. 
about half the crowd mm-hmm. goes up who's here just to kind of like learn more about it and you know potentially help out at their box then the other half goes up and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. that's normally where I joke about I'm like hey that the half who just sort of said oh I'm here to help at the box I'm like yeah that's the gateway drug that's how we make you trainers you know we just say that you're only going to do a couple of hours and then that's it you're a career coach a year later mm-hmm. so um and I think we do a lot of work there just to kind of show people that not necessarily the best athletes make the best coaches and I think that if, yeah and I mean that's it's a generalization, of course it is, but it, we, we generally just try to showcase that like anybody can coach as long as you mm-hmm. show some prerequisite care, attention to detail and a basic skill set, you know, anybody can coach. And so I think that's where you're starting to see a shift away from just absolute badasses turning up thinking that, you know, they have to be the best to be the best coach, um, as in the best athlete to be the best coach. And now you're actually starting to see more and more regular folk turn up um which is great mm. um so yeah i, yeah, I don't yeah, think there's been i don't think it's been like a massive shift it may be sort of just a, a slow drip feed over time of of sort of more regular folk alongside yeah. trainers what's the what's the quality how many how many level ones have you worked by the way if you don't mind Dude, i wish I, I feel knew. like this is like that probably about yeah. 400 and change i think oh, 400 yeah wow how do you, um, how are the questions? Like, how have you noticed any themes, any trends, any changes in questions, uh, either content, quality, understand, like, what are the questions like? Yeah, so, yeah, I've got a fun perspective on this one. I've talked about this recently to, I think, some of the members of the team. When I first got on staff, I was afraid of questions because you're afraid that someone in the crowd has got, like, a ton of, a ton of knowledge and a ton of experience, and they're going to drag you down the rabbit hole beat you up and then spit you out on the other end and just make you look like a fool in front of everybody. Right. And you're like, Oh no, I don't want it. Um, and we did get a lot more of those characters who would be like, you know, I found the one thing that I don't like, and I'm going to base my entire argument on it, which, you know, sounds like social media before social media, if I'm honest. (laughs) And, um, you know, it was, that was an intimidating thing. That was a scary thing. I guess you can draw parallels here, right? And so as a result of it, then I kind of worked to try and make sure that I built up my knowledge base and my experience as much as I could and as fast as I could so as I could then take the floor and and, and present information and talk about it better. Um, and so over the years, as I got more confident and, and more able to sort of deliver that material, um, the questions got less, ironically. So I got to the point where I was looking around in the crowd and I'm like trying to identify that guy or girl, but like who's going to be that person this weekend who's going to give me some give me some pushback because I wanted it. And I found that yeah. I got it less and less. And that was a bit of a, a, a shame for me because I'm like, oh, I want someone to give me some crap back here, you know? But I think that just sort of shows the validity of the of the um of the of the program really and how well it's actually been received and the evidence on the other side it just seems to work i would i would say on one end but um but yeah i think the the other challenge we have there lost my train of thought now but i'll get there in a second um i think the questions itself that's where i was at i used the litmus test of let's say the nutrition one which can be a personal mm-hmm. chat um to a lot of sure. people yeah if at the end of that lecture, I've got people asking me questions on how they do something, 
then I know that I've delivered the material well enough to not create contention. So if it's not pushing back on a detail um, or, or, or a little nuanced thing, and they're kind of like wanting to, to go to town on that or push back on, if I know that their questions about like, got me, how do I are the questions, then I know that I had a successful lecture, if that makes sense. I was more effective at actually delivering the, the material. So I, I would kind of almost challenge myself to leave there no questions. And when you're delivering material like that, I guess you can then lean on your experience and know where there might be potential rabbit holes that people might want to drag you down. So if you can kind of skim over that, then it helps. So for example, if somebody said, hey, you know, the first sentence of the wellness prescription, as an example, is eat meat, vegetables, nuts and seeds, right? We The, the standard mm-hmm. the standard drill. So I normally just stop and I go, eat meat. And I'm like, now I know that some of you are going to already kick back on this, right? And so I like, and I went, look, here's the deal. I'm not your dad, so you do your thing. But I said, like, you're going to need some protein in your life. So, I mean, just based on the experience of somebody giving it the whole like, oh, I'm vegan and what do I right, do? Right. You kind of navigate that as part of the mm-hmm. of the lecture by just sort of giving that right out the gate. And then it kind of shuts that thing straight down. And then it, mm-hmm. it makes for a more seamless um I guess, talk or, or delivery of information. Yeah. So I guess you get a little less of those questions if you end up being smarter or leaning on previous experiences to then um, navigate your way through material. So so I guess that's not really answering the question, but just giving you a bit of um, how, how it's going it. to no, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you're a true professional, I think, that I know. But also what I'm hearing is like, professional enough to know that how okay yes where's of course where's where are people going to butt up against what are people what about okay <laughs> fine. but like so acknowledging that that's a part that's an experience from the participants over you know 400 and tens of hundreds of thousands of people that you've interacted with that that is a reality of this seminar this experience but also professional enough to know that your role as the guide, as the head trainer, as the flow master, and some of these more difficult topics that can turn into a an argument, not a real inquiry, yep. to disarm that ahead of time yep. so that the person can be open and curious and learn as opposed to just digging their heels in entrenched and trying to piss on a fire hydrant for the sake of whatever that bit of information says about them. And it's like, they're not asking you the question they're saying to you or saying to everybody, look how much I know. And I think a, a, yeah. a man, like a real professional gets that and is able to disarm in a like fricking Bruce Lee kind of way where now we can go and do good stuff and um, get the head nods and the like magic of, I think that experience. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. It's communication, right? It's, um, I mean, there's, we talk about it a lot in coaching, but it's, it's, it's true. It's all about how I deliver it. Because, you know, some folk will be like, hey, if I'm coaching and I talk to an individual, um, I don't want to call them out in the group. So they won't do any specific cueing, as an example. I know it's a very nuanced thing towards coaching, but it'll be like, I see somebody on their toes at the bottom of the squat, as an example. And they'll be like, hey, I don't want to say, hey, Bill, get, like, find your heels because I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm picking on Bill. And I'll be like, well, you're only a dick if you act like a dick. You know, like if I just say like, hey, 
you know, like if I just say, hey, Bill, find your heels yeah. a little bit, mate. Yeah, that's much better. Good job. Yeah. That's that's fine. Like no yeah. one's going to take that weird. But if I just go like, Bill, right. fuck's sake, bro, like find your heels again, you know, like now yeah, I'm a dick yeah. and it's yeah, I'm sure. giving yeah. the same thing. So I think a lot of the time yeah. it's, just, it's, it's the communication piece in, in how you put things across. If you present information like you know everything, A, no one knows everything. And then, yeah. you know, B, that doesn't give you any any buy-in. So I think you you just have to make sure that you're authentic a lot of the time. It's like, look, we're going to talk about something that might push some people's buttons. But don't you worry, man. You know, like we'll, we'll, we'll navigate our way through it. You know, you've got people who had deeply held beliefs on whatever. And I mean, fitness might as well be religion, you know, same as anything else. Yeah. Politics yeah. or footy teams, everyone's going to kick off about it. So mm. you then end up saying like, I think it's all about just like, yeah, you know, you can like whatever footy team you like, as long as it's not Spurs, because then I can't like you. But it's it's you, but as long as you make it a bit of a joke and you can be authentic about it and help people navigate weirdness, then you're winning, aren't you? Because there's nothing more weird mm-hmm. than fitness, than nutrition, than life. So as, if you make it more, if you make it weird, then it'll be weird, pretty easy. Yeah. How, what do you want? What's one one thing, one area that you want to get better at? You have so much experience and like, you know, I'm always amazed. I'm always, I'm always trying to learn. I think we are always trying to learn from people who are, who have learned a lot and are still learning. You know, we have this thing that we, have, we believe that everybody can be a student and everybody can be a teacher and we want to exercise our, you know, we want to wear both of those hats. So yeah. for those who have been in the field for as long as they have been um, or as short as they have been, but have whatever their past experience is like, always listening or always asking like, what do you, what do you want to get better at? I think something that really helped me at the start of my career, I slowly lost over my career. Um, and that was empathy. Um, sort of I kind of chatted to somebody the other day about, um, there almost being empathy fatigue when you're, when you're in this world for a little while where you end up yeah. give so much and you get burned, you know, like you, you kind of expect others to treat you the way that you would treat them. And that doesn't necessarily get reciprocated. And so you then end up putting, you put shields up, you push people away without, without realizing that that's the one thing that kind of made you, you. And so, um, I know that's, that's what happened to me. Ironically, I'll, I'll tell you the story to give you some context there. Um, we kind of had a bad breakup at the gym, our, our previous own, uh, ownership there. And it didn't go too well. It was, you know, as these things do, it was pretty nasty. And that made sort of me and Rachel's kind of part of the reason of moving where we moved as well. We were done with people. Um, right. but I could rally enough to go and do good work at the weekends, but it was it would deplete my social battery pretty hard. So it was very easy for me to just sort of disappear to the mountains um, for the rest of the week and just be like, yeah. yeah, push everything else away, push life away, push people away, and then be able to rally again for the next weekend. Um then COVID happens, right? The response to it, everything shuts down. There's no more work. There's no more things. And we had the perfect storm of CrossFit as an entity looking like it was probably going to fold in on itself as well, right? For for all of the reasons that we all know. And so right. that that actually was a catalyst for me, to be honest. That was actually, it reminded me of why I do what I do and what I love about what I do. And it kind of lit the fire under my ass again to actually get back in and start, you know, hitting up people that I hadn't talked for a while and being like, Hey, how are you doing? Like I used to do, you know, like, can I help with anything? Yeah, yeah. So reaching out to others in the community that were trying to rally 
their individual communities or the worldwide one and things like that and saying like, hey, can I help? Can I go to work? Can I do anything? And that directly then led me back into doing the work on the affiliate side and stuff. So um, yeah, that that was and still will be my challenge. I'm still, yeah. ironically, I think when people talk to me, they'll probably say, oh, you're, you're really good with people. And I'm like, yeah, but well, people really wind me up too. Like I, I kind of fluctuate. I like I laugh with my wife all the time where, you know, pretty much every month I'm like, right, that's it. I'm fucking quitting. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> and she just goes, all right, dickhead. She lets me go, go off for about like five, 10 minutes, sort of talk myself out of it and get back in the fight again. So um, yeah, that's definitely a, a continuing fight for me there is to remember that most people are really cool. It's just, and don't, yeah. don't bog, get bogged down by the idiots that you have been burned with or had poor interactions with over time. Um, there's more good people than bad people. So I think that was, that's always, that's always wow. fine at the start because I didn't have the experience of bad people to really give me the the perspective. Sure. And then over the years, as you meet more and more, and I guess if you if you go up the rankings, you've got more people going having a go at you too. So yeah, I think sure. there was, um, I think there was an element of then I started pushing people away and I realized that didn't really do me any good. In fact, it probably did me a lot of harm because that's yeah. who I was. So I yeah. think that'd be my, my, my continual challenge is to keep reminding myself of that, even in bad times. And I mean, bad times, first world problems, you feel me, but yeah, yeah. it's, it was still challenging. So yeah, I think that would be mine if I'm honest. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That's yeah, that's powerful. And I think that's, What's, what what I love about that is like, man, talk about like just how like, you know, you can say like the air squad and the pull up can change people's lives. Like the continuous pursuit of being more empathetic and honest with, yep, there's some bad actors out there, but there's mostly better. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. Thank you. No worries, bro. Yes. Um, it's challenging, but that's why I wanted to get back into coaching too, you know, like, so mm. I wasn't coaching during the week. You know, it's very easy to get spun up on stupid bullshit in your own mind when you don't actually see the daily application of, you know, life affirming actions or change or something where you see people and you're like, you know, they just got a great workout in and they leave happier than when you came in. That's it. Yeah. If you don't get that sort of little daily dose of something, then it's very easy. You'd be like, oh, what's the direction of CrossFit? Or what's this, that and the other? Or that program is doing this. It's like, well, you know, I, I think I needed that little that little reminder of just helping people every day in whatever way you can. Yeah. And just having those interactions is is yeah, hugely, hugely powerful, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful reminder for us as well. That Without maybe a doubt. hit hits Thank, home yeah. a little bit. Without so. a doubt, yeah. Um always learning from people. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great place to end yeah chew on that if you're yeah you're listening chew on that digest that live that it's wonderful um yeah well i think that we might be seeing you this fall if you're still we're, we're coming over to oakley's forest flow to do the seminar at the end of the september yeah um, yeah yeah, that'd be awesome. Would, uh, Forest Flow. I was just there last week, actually, doing some work and stuff. So that was, um, yeah, it's a great place. You'll love it. Nice. Yeah, I think it's a cool, I think it's a good fit. Her community, what she's built, you know, speaking of like coaching humans and the human experience. Um, 
And, uh, you know, for a lot of people who go out and are like you, who are providing this experience for people, I think, unfortunately, it's hard to sometimes get something for yourself. And so I hope that, you know, it'd be cool to have mm -hmm. you and Oakley, like just participate for yourself. Cause you know, it's natural to have that like, Ooh, in the back of your head, how, how can I use this? And of course, we'll, you'll take it forward and hopefully apply things and share it with other people. But, um, yeah, just being a little selfish sometimes and yeah, perceiving. Oh, perceiving. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've got to keep learning, man. Today I learned, don't do the yeah. fire punch again, you know? Well, so here's the challenge. We'll leave you with this, Carl. So you have a score. Yep. You could do the fire plunge every week and see what happens. Uh, we, I was voluntold to do that. Nice. And it was an experience. And what's funny is when you were saying that about laying on your back and saying sometimes, like, I fucking love this. So the last week of the, the month of doing this, Bill you know, you know how you get, like, we have this thing, all right, I'm going to go do it. I'm, I'm doing it. Okay. Okay. Like you're going and all right, let me know how it goes. So Bill goes to the gym by himself and he filmed it. And you know, like your experience, like your world just narrows it. Like you don't know what you're thinking. So someone asked me the other day about filming. I'm like half the time in some of those workouts, you forget you're being filmed. Like yeah. you're not aware. So you just see Bill, he's like showing me the video and you just see him like finish all five, he hits it, like, boom, 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 five in a row, lays down on the ground, just laying there, I mean, writhing, awful. And then you just see him like this, yes, <laughs> yes, I did it. Like, you know, by himself, but just this, like, pure, like, celebration of, like, I fucking did it. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of cool. But, yeah. but that's an interesting uh, ex experience. Yeah. The, it the took a month. It took it it took a month to get to though. And it took, so I, we did it once a week for four weeks and then kind of like, Hey, see how close to completion you can get it. And, you know, if we're looking at this binary through past fail metric, like I, I, I went fail, 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 pass. And I was actually really proud of that because, you know, I, I for me, one of the things that I need to be better at and improve upon is consistency and showing up for myself, actually, and like not just sometimes just, okay, I'll self-sacrifice and, and, and all of that. And, um, you know, there's a long story and a, and a tale to that. But the fact of the matter is, is like, yeah, when the going gets tough, like show up for yourself and don't, don't run away from that or don't hide behind, well, I'm going to help somebody else out. Um, and, and, and observing how those two can interact and coexist. But I was really proud of myself for like actually being like, yeah, okay, I hit the thing. It wasn't the accomplishment. It was the fact that I actually committed to the process of yeah. once a week going. And that day, it's funny because like it wasn't ideal conditions. I was like, I had like 90 minutes, just finished some counseling, came in, did a quick change, pulled the thing up, set the thing up and just kind of went into it. It wasn't like, all right, let me make sure the fucking barometric pressure is set and i've got my perfect playlist like no like just just be be pure with that and for me like that's been something that hasn't Kay mentioned something earlier about like losing connection with doing something for the sake of doing it yeah where my my background might be like okay but what's the point with this what are we trying to accomplish and yeah i can get lost in my head i can create hell in my mind and 
I haven't really had these challenging athletic endeavors. We've done some crazy hard shit, but like, like we did a two hour sled push one, one year, just like, we're like, all right, let's do, let's do a two hour sled push. And like, yeah, those are challenging and, and all of that. But for me, what's challenging isn't just saying, let's do some crazy shit one day and being like, wow, what the fuck is wrong with you? You can go there. It's the more challenging thing is do something consistently for exactly. like a normal four week, weeks, just six weeks, just, just incorporate it into your life. And I think that's where like, yeah. you know, anyway. Yeah. I mean, your background is going to be, is like doing hard stuff is, yeah, that's kind of like what you do isn't it. But it's like the consistent hard stuff. It's like those, what do those Japanese dudes call it? Is it a mizoji, a mizoji, something like that? However, yeah. Yeah, you know, they do a challenge. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it won't kill you, but it will take you close, you know, like, It'll take you close, yeah. Merit in doing those things. I think that's, um, yeah, trying to get one of those in because that fire plunge felt like I was pretty close to death. A couple of those in, yeah. like right. doing, that, doing that once a week, then, uh, then yeah, you're getting the yeah. same benefits, aren't you? You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for taking time. Thank you for your time. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it, man. This was great. Yeah, it was good Happy. to catch up and always. Thank you for oh, having. When do you, when, oh yeah, well, UK. Okay, yep. we'll see yeah, we'll see you in September. That'll be fun. I yeah. we have a um, we'll cut this part. You can stop the recording. Oh, all right, um, all right. We'll see you. Hold well, on, hold wait, on. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, just stop the recording. You can cut yeah, the okay. thing. Okay. This is a real, real professional <laughs> thing. Let me just stop the recording. Well, because.